Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He's Jay Morrison. Jay, what a disaster on Sunday. We, you know, the Bengals got a win in week three, their first one of the season. We thought maybe here, here things go. The season's yep. back on track, playing the Titans, maybe not the best team in the NFL. And it was an absolute destruction. It was over by halftime. Titans win 27 to three. Bengals are now one and three. I think it's safe to say it's time to sound the alarm on this Bengals team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. Cleveland, you could kind of see, you knew that that Joe was coming back from the injury, wouldn't be 100%. Uh, they've had issues with Cleveland in the past, the, the whole, you know, Deshaun Watson getting in the flow. It was, that one wasn't as surprising just because the history there. And then you flip that in Tennessee, the history is the Bengals have, have, They've won three in a row against them, and they the last two have been grinded out, low-scoring games. The way this game kind of looked like it was going to go until about midway through the second quarter. Um, so, yeah, just just stunning. Anytime a Bengals offense doesn't score a touchdown in the entire game, I think everyone is stunned, even knowing that Joe Burrow is limited. Um, and it is. There's a lot of, a lot of hard questions now, um, a, a lot of doubt. Um, I don't think inside the locker room, I don't think they're at that point yet. It was, it was kind of the brave face optimism. We're going to yeah. figure this out whole mood yesterday, but um, yeah, the, the fan base is uh, the sky is falling. As we said a couple yeah. of weeks ago, they yeah. want people fired. They want people benched. Um, it's it, yeah, it's uh, it's not good around the, the Bengaldom right now. It's not good. And I and I don't know that things are too we need to be firing people level, but I I mean we'll get into it. I think there have got to be some sort of changes. I mean, I when we previewed this game last week, I don't think either one of us put a lot of respect on the Titans name. And I think for the most part that was probably warranted. They have a strong defense, but this wasn't an offense that anyone was going to be scared of. Uh I mean, Traylon Burks, their number 2 receiver didn't even play on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they were maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL. Um, and yet the Bengals could not stop these big plays. And like you said, we thought this would be a grind them out game. We thought that's maybe how these games with Joe Burrow was injured. They're going to have to all be grind them out games. And that's what it looked like. I mean, this this wasn't a blowout through the first quarter. This wasn't a blowout through midway through the second quarter. It looked like kind of the game that we had come to expect. Yep. And then, you know, three big three big drives by the by the titans in, a, in basically six and a half minutes and the game's over and it's 24 to 3 at halftime and there's no sense that the Bengals can ever come back from that sort of deficit at this point uh in terms of where joe burrow is injured it seems like a 21 point deficit is just insurmountable at this point um it's just it's just very surprising i think especially from where our expectations were before the season i mean they were so high probably the highest they've been I mean, in recent memory, I mean, yeah, every, sure. not just Bengals fans, not just you and I, national, national media, national fans, fans of other teams. Bengals were a popular Super Bowl pick, maybe the most popular Super mm -hmm. Bowl pick this year. Even after Joe Burrow got hurt, I think the expectations were still sky high. So to be one and three and to look this bad, not just on offense, but to give up these big plays on defense too, it, it, it's just really shocking to see this team in this position, I think. Yeah, it is. The, the defense is the biggest surprise right now because you you know that it, it's just obvious that, that Joe is not himself. And you I mean, three points is a surprise, but you still know that that, that he he can't do what he's best at doing. And 
that that's really going to hamstring the offense. And, and it has, and, and, and just the whole missing time part of it um, and, and the, the light off season, all of that, you know, we saw it last year with the, with the slow start. And I think um, everyone kind of thought that that would be a possibility again, they were going to try to avoid it, but you always know in the, in the back of your head that you're, you're talking about, he missed five weeks um, yeah. that, that this could, it could start slow, but uh, no one saw it like this and the, the defense is I don't know it's it's really hard to put your finger on because that's what yeah. Lou just hammers that. and I think most most defensive coordinators do but the explosives are are, are mm. so killer and I just I think it's a product of of what everybody was a little concerned about to start the season with with losing Von Bell and Jesse Bates and losing that connection and that chemistry and yeah the communication, all that back there. And, and that's how big plays happen when there's a blown assignment and it doesn't have to be a big play. The, the uh, Tim Tebow type jump pass at Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals saw it coming. They called a timeout to get it straightened out and it still couldn't have been any more wide no. open. Somebody blew an assignment there. Lou didn't want to point a finger on that one. He did point some fingers yesterday on some of those other plays. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt in particular, Dax Hill yeah. with the just terrible penalty in the third quarter. So it's growing pains. I I don't think this offense and this defense is, is this is what it's going to look like all year. I, it's I ever, I know everybody's disappointed right now and maybe some people are losing hope. It, it's going to get better. The question is, can it get better fast enough and, and good enough for them to actually make something of the season? Yeah. And I think the most frustrating thing too, is it's, it's not like the Titans had, Devontae Adams out there. DeAndre Hopkins is still a good player, but, you know, he's old. <laughs> he was still out there making plays. He looked better than he's looked in the past couple of years. Chris Moore is out there making a 40-plus yard catch. Does anyone even know who Chris Moore is? I mean, <laughs> you and I might, but I don't think the average fan knows who Chris Moore is. He might just see. Okay, okay, we'll give him that. <laughs> uh, and Josh Wiley, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ty J. Spears fumbles the ball, still picks it up, and still gets a 20-plus yard mm-hmm. gain. I mean, it was just that type of game for this Bengals defense. We can get into it. It's... And, and I don't think they're playing complementary football. The offense and the defense are just, they're not meshing mm-hmm. together right now because the defense is getting put in such poor positions. You know, they're constantly having to get to feel like they're getting backed up and, and that the offense is not supporting them. And when those big plays happen, it, it feels like game over. Um, let's talk about Burrow real quick because he just, anyone who watches the game, it's, it's not the Joe Burrow we've come accustomed to. Mm-mm. He just cannot do anything. I've been thinking a lot about that Allison Chain song, Man in the Box, because that's mm-hmm. what he feels like right now. He cannot move. He is a statue back there. Um, you could just see it. He can't get any power on throws. He can't get anything going down the field. Um, you know, he's dead last in EPA per play. The Bengals are somehow not dead last in offensive efficiency. They're not even their their fifth worst, which I could not believe. There are five worst teams in the NFL at <laughs> scoring points in the Bengals right now, which is actually shocking. But the Bengals are last in yards per play. Um, do you think there's a is there a reason to sit him at this point? I mean, they're one in three. If they play Jake Browning and against the Arizona Cardinals weeks next week. The Arizona Cardinals have looked pretty good. <laughs> they looked better than the Bengals through, right. through the first month, which you can't, I cannot believe I'm saying, but I, I can't imagine that they could win a game with Jake Browning and, and with T. Higgins not playing, as we'll get into in a little bit. But if they sit Joe Burrow and lose next week, I think the season is probably over. Um, I, I don't know. Is, is that something you think? It doesn't, it doesn't sound like that's something they're actually going to consider. I mean, from their, their statements that they're not going to do that. If you were in charge of this team, is 
do you think that's something you would do is say, Joe, you're going to take maybe through the buy and you're going to try and take a little time and get healthy here? Um, I don't, if, if he looked as bad as he did yesterday and they still found a way to win, maybe, but they can at this point, they, they, and if you had a better backup, I mean, Jake Browning has three career NFL snaps and they were, it was garbage time in Cleveland. I just, if you had a veteran back there that, that you felt more comfortable with then then yeah, I think that would be on the table, but right now it's not. And, And you talked about with Joe being the man in the box and he can't do this and he can't do that. I think he can. I think he can do some of the stuff he needs to do. They're just so afraid of of re-aggravating it and yeah, then that's a good it point. all falling apart. So I think they're just trying to to wade through this as, as much as they can and hold on. Because you look, when he does run, when he does escape, when he's at practice and doing, there's no limb. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, if, if it's bothering him, he hides it really well. So I, I think it's more, more a a fear factor than it is a pain tolerance kind of thing or a pain management thing. It's yeah. just that and always in the back of the head that, Oh, what if, if I take off running this time, is this when it's going to tweak? And then, and then yeah. you're starting all over again. And I, and, and I think that plays into them not wanting to sit them either knowing that like, we're not privy to the medical reports and mm-hmm. all the treatment he's getting and how he's feeling in that regard. And, and maybe he is getting closer and a little more confident. And they're like, let's just gut it out. Yeah. Get get to the bye. You you assume this is a winnable game against the Cardinals. God knows what's going to happen against the Seahawks after watching them. I'm not assuming anything. I mean, <laughs> 11 sacks last night. It was unreal watching that game. I couldn't turn it off. It was such a bad game, and, and I just couldn't stop watching. I was like, how high is this total going to get? Yeah. <laughs> and holy cow, the Bengals are going to have to face this defense in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I think that is kind of their mindset that, that he's getting closer to to feeling more confident in it. The, the, just the fact that they played him against the Rams after the tweak against the the Ravens, you think maybe the, right. the yes, he was sore, but it wasn't the the major setback that they feared. And so, um, I I yeah, I do agree. Don't don't bench him at this point. I would have benched him at the end of that game. There was no mm-hmm. way they were yeah, going to yeah. win that game. No, you're you're taking a ton of time off the clock. Anyhow, they're not trying to score three. I mean, yes, mathematically it's possible. Three touchdowns, three two point conversions, and you pull off some miracle comeback, but they're running Joe Mixon. They're, they're just eating clock. They're just trying to get out of there. I mean, not just from a preservation standpoint of Joe Burrow, but get Jake Browning some real snaps in a real game and and let him see defenses. And I just, that's where I thought they they missed the boat. That they weren't going to win that game, and you know Joe probably fought him on it. I don't know if it was. I'm not reporting this. I'm just surmising that that maybe it was discussed. And Joe's like, no effing way. I'm not coming out of this game. And so if he's and and he talked about that too. That there's a point of pride in finishing a game, yeah. and you want to do yeah. that. So if he's balking at being pulled late in a in a blowout. You can only imagine what his attitude would be if they're like, hey, we're going to sit you down for a couple of right. weeks. And we all know, you know, Joe's not in charge, but he does kind of he gets a heavy say in what goes on. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're going to see them even consider that. He does get a heavy say, I guess. I mean, that's kind of the decision that a head coach has to make, though. Right. Is mm-hmm. like this is your franchise quarterback. I'm sure he wants to go out and play Joe Burrow's one of the most competitive people probably on the planet. Yeah. Uh, of course he wants to go finish the game, but you're down 24 points. Yeah. You, you you haven't scored all year. You think you're going to score three times and get yeah. three 
two-point conversions and hold the Titans all in 10 minutes or whatever, it's not going to happen. There, there was absolutely no reason for him to be playing at that point. I totally agree. I mean, I would I think I would have pulled a lot of the starters at that point. There was just no chance of a comeback. I mean, I've made that type of comeback in Madden before, but it's not going to happen <laughs> in, in real life, okay? Like, not with this offense. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree that, that he stayed in too long. It, it's tough to hear them talk about it after the game, right? They asked Joe Burrow, what's the offensive identity of this team? And his response is, I'd be paraphrasing, but we can't get anything going. Yeah. I mean, that's that that's tough that that's tough to hear that, that's tough to hear when you're asked about like what what do you do well on offense and your answer is essentially nothing but yeah. i mean it's honest it's honest right it's honest mm-hmm. that's how they're playing right now they can't they cannot do anything i did think I, I did think jamar chase and joe mixon still played well though i mean i i've been impressed by them all season i think joe mixon looks absolutely revitalized and it's it's a shame because their rushing attack still really can't get anything going just due to little bit of offensive line play and i think mostly situational uh situational factors but i thought both of them played really well um i don't know i i don't know what the answers are for this offense i don't know what the changes are that are all of a sudden going to make this offense look better besides joe just feeling more comfortable in the pocket feeling more comfortable kind of setting up and getting getting downfield throws feeling more comfortable trying to be more mobile and escape the pocket like you said he did it he did do that a couple times but it's obviously not like how it's been in years past, and it's it's a tough watch, and it's only going to get harder because T. Higgins looks like he's 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 fractured a rib. I guess it's up in the air whether he's going to play this week. He seems to think it's it's an option. I would be surprised, um, especially with a bye coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, there's there's an opportunity to to sit him and let him get healthy. It's the same thing with Burrow, though. You know, T. Higgins isn't a Joe Burrow level of importance to this team, but he's right up there. He's their third best offensive player. Mm. I mean, how if he wants to play, if he thinks he's healthy to play, is that another situation where Zach Taylor kind of gives in to what the player feels he can do? Um, I don't know. Can, what what does this offense look like without T. Higgins? I don't know. That's, that's not a question we've seen seen recently. I I, I don't know. I, I I already have so many questions about their ability to score points, and, and if T is out for this week and several weeks, it's only going to get harder. Yeah, I mean, you always take it with a grain of salt when a player says, I'm fine, I can go. They're always going to say that. Uh, yeah. But that is an injury that it is. It's painful, but if you can tolerate it, you can play. Where there's not much dam- not much chance of doing further damage, especially, you know, he said he was going to wear a flap jacket and, and it'll, it'll be protected. Um, but you, you just wonder, I mean the not just absorbing hits but reaching for balls you know if he reaches for a pass and he just feels that tinge of pain does does he come up a little short and it goes off his hands it's a pick it's i mean there's a lot of bad things that can happen but you do have you would do even if he's not 100 percent, you do still have him out there he's still a threat that they have to respect a little bit so i i yeah i don't know where that's going to come down whether he's going to play or not he's he seemed hopeful but again the players always think they're going to um with the offense that, I mean, the, the issue here is so much that it's not a super creative offense anyhow. Yeah. And now they're so predictable and yes, Joe Mixon is playing well, running the ball well, but they're, they're what they're really missing is because teams are going to blitz more and they're, and we're yeah. going to see like the Titans did and where they had so much success last year was on those, 
on those third downs when they were getting blitz and the little check downs of Samaj P. Ryan and the check downs right. to Hayden Hurst. And those guys make a tackle, make a guy miss. And then it's an eight, nine gain. And it's a first down. And you move the chains. You get in rhythm. I mean, Joe Mixon's not even on the field on third down. He is. I mean, they did have a check down to him um, on a on a second and long. And he turned it into a big gain and got him into third and four. But they just don't trust him in pass pro. And so now they've got Drew Sample back there in the backfield on third downs. And if you check it down to Drew Sample, he's not breaking a tackle. And, no. and he's, it's it's just a avoid a sack kind of a check down. And he is he is much better at protecting Burrow back there, and that's why he's there and not Mixon. But that's a really big aspect of this offense that I think people overlook that what's missing because P. Ryan was terrific in that role last year. And even Hayden Hurst made some plays, and you just – you know, Irv Smith has been hurt. Uh, Mitch Wilcox, Tanner Hudson, you know, they're, they're serviceable tight ends, but they just don't bring that that juice that a Hayden Hurst brought. And, you know, if if people, they already are kind of predictable and that they know they're not going to take deep shots when they're when they're in the too high and, and they're taking that away. And even when they try now, it's not working. I mean, he had Tyler Joe Burrow had Tyler Boyd wide open over the middle yeah. on the pass and he overthrew him. And I don't know yep. if that's Tyler Boyd's a little bit slower than maybe he was last year, the year before <laughs> Joe just missed the throw, but you don't see him miss that throw very often. And yeah. so it, it's just a, a totally predictable offense right now. And they're going to have to put together 10 to 12 play drives to move the ball down the field, make, put themselves in third and manageable. And, and they're even struggling to convert third manageables. Yeah. Um, and so as well as Mixon's playing, there's still a, a bit of a limitation there. And Jamar Chase is playing well also, but it's just, we haven't seen him. He, he and, and a part of it is because he's got so much attention around him that even if he does slip one guy, there's somebody else there. But, you know, we were so used to seeing that he, it wasn't just the deep passes down the field. It was if, if he catches a, a quick slant or a yeah. curl or whatever it is, and he makes one guy miss, he can be gone. And, and even that's not happening now. He's, he's, He's just getting a couple yards after each catch and the, the air yards on those catches sometimes are negative. He's getting a lot of right. wide receiver screens behind the line of scrimmage. And there's just, there's no real threat anywhere on this offense right now. Yeah. There's just nothing downfield. I mean, no. they just can't, there's nothing down the field. And every time he gets a short pass, how many times have we seen it in the, in the past where it's like you just said, break a tackle, break a tackle, break a tackle. And he's gone. It's just not happening this year. There, there. It seems like every time he gets those short passes, there's two, three, four guys just flying to the ball, and there's, it, it's not his fault. There's nothing he can do. There's not. There's nothing you can do when there's four guys, uh, right on you to tackle you. Um, and one yeah. other thing, real quick, is that on, on that with throwing the ball deep and yeah, I don't, I don't think his velocity looked affected, but he clearly, Joe clearly was bothered by something. Um, in his elbow and, and it kind of reminded me of the Brock Purdy play when he got knocked out of the AFC championship game when you get hit in the arm shoulder area yeah. when you're throwing in that torque and I saw him on the sideline I don't know if they show it on the broadcast or not but you could see him like flexing that arm and holding the mm. elbow and it clearly was bothering him I don't and when I asked him in the post game, I, I, I intentionally said discomfort and not pain um, just to see, you kind of leave that crack open really where he's like, yeah, something I can manage. And he just, yeah. he didn't want any part of the question. He just said, no, he didn't feel anything. I'm, I'm interested to see, because if he gets any kind of treatment on that at all, they have to list that on the injury report. Um, even if yeah. he's full on Wednesday, it'll say full calf slash elbow. And I, I am really interested to see uh, if that, 
that hit and there was another one where he got hit in his throwing motion if, if those caused any kind of uh, injury or at least discomfort that he's having to get treated for. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Joe Burrow, the Bengals can afford him to have more injuries at this point. I mean, I think if he's dealing with something else on top of the calf, I mean, if if that's what's happening, I maybe our expectation should be even lower moving forward. I don't know (laughs) if if that's the case. I want to go back to Zach Taylor real quick because I'm not saying Zach Taylor's on the hot seat or anything like that. I don't think there's not even worth getting into that discussion. I think there are a couple questions about Zach Taylor. We already went over, should he have pulled Burrow? Should he have pulled any of these other starters? You mentioned it too, that this offense is not that creative. And I think maybe there are some questions uh, that have have risen these past couple weeks of, when Joe Burrow is not at 100%, what exactly is this offensive structure going to do to help him and to help this team get points on the board, right? This is such a Joe Burrow-led offense. And it's, it's... what he wants to do, it's plays that he likes. It's it's factoring in stuff that he's done in his past. We mm-hmm. all know that that this this is built around him, and that's great. That's what you want. You want a coaching staff and a quarterback that are mesh and and have the right ideas and the same ideas and are on the same page. We're seeing what it looks like when he can't execute to the, to the ability that he wants to, and I think that sheds a little light on Zach Taylor and this coaching staff. Of all right, we've seen other teams around the NFL win with backup quarterbacks or with limited quarterbacks or with worse overall offensive rosters. Why can't the Bengals do that? (laughs) You know, why can't they figure out something that Joe Burrow can be a little more of a point guard, which I think what they're trying to do, they're obviously trying to do that. But I think there, there are a few questions there about, are there a few more easy buttons that, that Zach Taylor can maybe press for this offense and, and help Joe Burrow overcome these issues that, that he's having right now. And I, I don't know. I think that's worth asking. I think that's worth asking at least if there's any more that, that Zach and, and the rest of this offensive coaching staff could be doing. Yeah, I don't know. Cause it, it feels like they're everything they're doing right now. They're trying to do the easiest stuff possible to, to, to make it work. And um, it's, you know, that it, it is one of those deals where you see, you watch other teams and they've got all this crazy motion and all it, it's just super original and until people start copying it. Um, and, and that's just not the way that they've operated and, and maybe the way they'll ever operate that they, yeah. they, they understand what they do best and they're going to lean on it. And when you have the talent that they have, it's, it, they just kind of put the onus on the defense to stop them. Well, right now the defense is stopping everything they're trying yeah. to do, but it was interesting. Cause I, I asked Brian Callahan about this last week where, cause we were getting into the Miami motion and, and, and the, you look around the league and see the different stuff. And I was like, you know, if you, if you drew up a new play, how soon would you be comfortable calling it in a game? And he said, well, if, if, if they were just taking one of their concepts and tweaking it a little bit, they could do it that week. But if, mm-hmm. if it's a brand new play, something totally new that you're trying to do, you want to rep it a lot. And, and, you know, he's like two, maybe three weeks before you would feel comfortable putting that on the play sheet in a game. And so it is, I think a lot of people are just like draw up a, a new, a new something new and go out and run it. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, it is, there's so many moving pieces. You need everybody on the same page to make a play work. So I just, I think they're going to continue leaning into to what they're doing right now. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, a, a little more run game, um, finding plays that they already have on the book, but that, that aren't, that they aren't calling that often mm-hmm. right now, just getting guys more. I mean, getting 
TB some slants over the middle, just ways to kind of get some yeah. things going and get a rhythm going and, and try not to get to third down. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with throwing beyond 10 yards on first or second down and, and, and trying to even skip the third downs. That's, that's what Zach lamented this week was, you know, zero for five on third downs in the first half. And um, it's, it's just the whole reason they, they, the last two weeks they've won the toss and taken the ball as they're trying to, they're trying to go down and score a touchdown and get ahead yeah. and play with the lead and and maybe lean into the run game a little more and and do some of that and uh, it just it it hasn't worked. I mean, they're one of two teams in the league that doesn't have a first half offensive touchdown. And the other one played last night, the Giants. <laughs> it's just it's, we saw how that looked. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. I and and I'm not saying I don't have faith in Zach Taylor because I do, and I think that's part of my question is that we've seen them make these kind of in-season changes before, right? They've moved to a more of a shotgun offense. They've, they've done things in season. They've shown that they can, they don't, it's easy for me to say, just put in some new plays. And like you said, they need, they need time to work on this. This isn't just a computer game. You need to actually practice this. These are human beings involved. I guess I do have confidence in this staff that they can, that they have implemented new ideas in season before. And that, that, that that's something they could do. So I, I would like to see a little more creativity moving forward. I guess the other thing to mention on Taylor was just the fourth down decision-making. Um, you know, they had a fourth and goal on their first drive from the three, uh, and they and they kicked a field goal. And Zach Taylor said it was because the Titans have an excellent red zone defense, which they do. Historically, they do. Um, but I just didn't understand that decision at all, especially because they had a third and six on the play before, and they ran the ball. That 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 seems to me like something you're doing to set up a fourth down play, mm-hmm. not not right. to kick the field goal. Why run there? Why why run there if you're going to kick a field goal on the next play? And then just before the end of half, they were down seventeen to three, um, and they had a fourth down from midfield, and they punted that one. And I understand they don't want to give up points just before the end of half. I I totally get that. You're already down two scores, but then they did give up points just before the end of half, and mm-hmm. the game was essentially over. Um, I'm not going to sit here and criticize every fourth down decision that Joe Burrow make or that that Zach Taylor makes. And especially if it's a difference of one to 2% in win probability, you know, I I don't think it's the end of the world to not go for every fourth down. I do think when you're in the situation, the Bengals are in, they're not really going to be the favorite team in all all their games anymore. Like we've come accustomed to, they're not going to be scoring tons of points. Like we've become accustomed to as long as, as long as Joe Burrow is, is not feeling right. I think maybe Zach Taylor needs to change his mindset and get a little more aggressive. You know, we see teams that are underdogs have to do things in a little different way, get a little more creative, get a little more aggressive, take those chances when when they come. If the Bengals offense is going to struggle this much, I think you've got to start going for more opportunity, more fourth downs, especially at midfield, especially near the goal line. You've got to take these chances when they come because they're not coming for this Bengals offense right now. You, I don't think you can pass up these opportunities anymore. No, and that's it. I mean, t- winning the toss and taking the ball is an aggressive move. I mean, yeah. you are you are setting yourself up for that double dip for the opponent um, at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half. And so by doing that, and then now this is two weeks in a row they've done it, and two weeks in a row they've elected to kick a field goal yeah. on fourth and short. It was a long one. They missed it, 56-yarder against the Rams. Uh, and then the one you're talking about against the Titans, that one really, really puzzled me because you're right. The, the run on third down made it seem like they were setting it up. I do get it because a lot of their red zone plays involve moving Burrow out of the pocket, letting right. making something happen on the run, and that's just not going to happen. But even if you get stopped, you're 
the Titans are at the three yard line and got to go 97 yards. And you, yeah. you, I mean, you should, they should have felt good about their defense going into that game. You, you said it, they Titans were out without Traylon Burks. It's not an offense that really scares anybody. So that, that one really did puzzle me because it, it, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take the ball and, and, and take that risk, you really do need to go down and punch it in. And we saw them do that last year. Those, when they, when they started doing that week three, they, it was the same kind of deal last year. It was like, well, they haven't scored a first half touchdown. They need a spark. And, and they got it. And then, and then they started winning some games and scoring early. Um, and, and now it hasn't happened. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, it's, I, I think it sends a, a message to the team. I think that's exactly what Zach's doing this week with this, this talk of hope and optimism and, and talking about how he loved what the players said in their post-game interviews that he watched them all. And they were all talking team over themselves. And, and I, I think this is all just kind of a, a psychological thing where he's, he's trying to, to keep everything together, but mm-hmm. then you kind of counteract that when you go out and, and you're not coaching the way you normally do, because we've seen since Zach came into this league, since game one against Seattle, he yeah. had in 2019, he had some really, really aggressive decisions that stood out in stark contrast to what we had seen from Marvin Lewis over the years. And he's continued that through his career. And now all of a sudden he's kind of backpedaling away from that. And, you, you know, you do, I don't know how much the players pay attention to that, but, but I'm sure they notice that, wait, wait a minute, we're not going to go for it on fourth and goal for three. And yeah. um, it's just not the message you want to send. No, I mean, you look at the the win probability charts in terms of fourth down decision making, and Zach Taylor's usually in the in the top ten or so, somewhere around there. He he's for the most part been pretty analytically friendly on these type of decisions. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's this the thought of our offense is not getting anything going. We need the points. I, I think that's the wrong kind of message to take from this. Is our offense can't get anything going. We've got to be aggressive. That that mm-hmm. should be the mentality moving forward. Not we got to get three points on the board. It should be. Let's go. We got to take these chances when they come up. Um, so I'll be interested just to see if that if that changes moving forward. Um, anything else in this Titans game? I mean, we, we kind of talked about the defense. It's just I, I can't put my finger on what the problem is. I mean, you know, they they got to Tannehill a, a decent amount. They took him down a few times. They got some pressure, um, kind of like we expected with with this Titans offensive line, but. It's just those big plays, and and I don't yeah. know if that's just a communication issue, if that's just having inexperienced safeties, if that's having – I don't know what the problem is, and I, and I don't know – I don't know that there's like a ready-made solution. I think it's it's easy to say they just need to play better, but I mean that's kind of what it feels like. They I think they have the talent. Lou Anarumo is obviously a, a great defensive coordinator. I don't think that's changed over the past four games. Is there anything that like stands out to you that desperately needs a change, or is it just like – better, better performance is kind of the easy answer. Well, yeah, the explosives were a big deal. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the one that Cam Taylor Britt gave up to Chris Moore, the 44 yarder. I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was play action or not. That, that was not a communication thing at all. That was just getting whipped one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he got caught peeking into the backfield or what happened there. The, the, the biggest issue on, on Sunday, besides those explosives and some of the explosives were a product of this was the poor tackling. And yes. that is not I know they've given up a lot of rushing yards this year especially in those first two games of the Browns and Ravens but tackling wasn't really the issue with that it was it was getting guys pinned in and then then getting back out yeah. you know Lou mentioned it that the, he said 12 missed tackles uh sport radar only had him for eight 
Uh, but Lou did say that was a three-year season high for the team. And I, I don't think that you have to worry about that being an ongoing thing. I, I think that's – it's just not – been who they are it's not and not yeah. been part of their dna and i think they'll get that fixed pretty quickly and you know you're also talking about derrick henry who makes everybody miss tackles sure. um and it is I, I on sport radar they've got the bengals uh tied for fifth in the league with the uh fewest missed tackles this year mm-hmm. and and i know that's a volume stat too so um you ha- always have yeah. to look at missed tackle percentages and they still have the seventh lowest missed tackle percentage so despite all the the, the big yardage they've given up in the run game. They've been decent at tackling before Sunday. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to say you're not concerned about it, but I'm less concerned about that because they have a track record that they're going to, they're going to get that worked out. And the big part is the penalties. And we've seen yes. it that, you know, it cost Trey Hendrickson a couple sacks against the Rams yep. cost them a third and 16 stop Sunday um, that those have to go away and, and they've got to just get on the same page and, and, and not have those, those miscommunications, the, the wide open Derrick Henry jump pass, just things like that drive a coach crazy. You see it's coming, you think you've got it defended <laughs> and then something happens, there's a disconnect and a guy's running free. So yeah, I have a lot more confidence that this defense is going to get things sorted out than I do in the offense. And it's not as knock on Zach Taylor per se. It's just a, it's a product of, of where Joe Burrow is health wise. And it's, it, it's going to be to get the offense back to where it needs to be. There are some things that are out of your hand It's you're just waiting on the healing process. I, I, I trust Lou Anarumo to, to get this defense turned around and start looking like what we've seen uh, in the past couple of years. Yeah. It's just the reality of the situation to have more confidence in the defense, I think. And mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's battling time. That's what he's battling right now. He needs time. He needs rest mm-hmm. to, to get healthy and to feel more confident. Um, as far as the defense, at least they're not going to have to play Derrick Henry next week. <laughs> we know that. We don't have to they don't have to face this type of running back next week. Um, next week, they're facing the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this past loss to the Tennessee Titans, I think, was was very surprising. It was surprising to you and I. It was surprising to a lot of to a lot of Bengals fans. Mm-hmm. If the Bengals lose to the Cardinals next week. It's 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 absolutely full on disaster mode. I mean, I don't think there's any other debate about that. They'll be one in four at that point. Um, they already have three AFC losses. They already have two AFC North losses. If they have all that combined with a one in four record, I, I hate to say that say the season would be over after five games, and, and I really don't want to say that. But realistically, one in four in this AFC with how the other teams are, are playing in, in this conference. I think you have to say the season would be just about over. Not only that, to lose to an Arizona Cardinals team that most of us had 32nd in our power ranks entering this mm-hmm. season, I, I just think the message the message it would send to the team, the, the feeling in the locker room, I think, after a defeat like that, if they lose this game, I think it will be devastating. I think it will have an effect over the entire rest of the season for these guys who have been competing at the highest levels over these past few years and expecting to if not go to the Super Bowl, if not win the Super Bowl, to at least advance to the, the title game, at least these past few years, to sit one in four after five games having lost to the Arizona Cardinals, it would be such an unfamiliar position that I would be concerned about what the kind of the, the tenor in the locker room would be for the rest of the season if they lose this game. Yeah, I mean, I know anything can happen in the NFL, but I'm I'm giving Baltimore a win against Pittsburgh this week. So they'd be four and one. The Bengals would be one yeah. and four. Yeah, I mean, that's – at what point in the season – 
do you stop saying there's a lot of football left to be played? Because yeah, there's still more than 66% left after this week, but you're right. One in four historically it's somewhere, however far you want to go back. It's either 6% of the teams that start one and four make the playoffs or 8%. It's 6% since 1970. It's not good. It's not good. It's 8% since 2002 when they started the current divisional alignment. Um, And that's just making the playoffs. Is anybody going to feel good if the Bengals work their way into a wild card and then lose the first round? So it's, it is, this is, this is about as early in the season as you can have a must win. Um, just the math part of it aside, it's what you said that you losing to the Cardinals. And, and I know everybody says that they get paid too, and it's NFL football and everybody's good, but that roster is nowhere near as good as this Bengals roster. And that's a first year head coach. Um, and I, I think the Bengals are going to, I know Lou is going to be fired up to go out there and win that game because he thought he had that job. Um, yeah. And he was a finalist for that job. And I even asked him about that at the combine. He's like, Oh, do we play them this year? He knew full well that they play them this year. And I think he's ready <laughs> for that game. Um, so I, I do, I, I think they, they understand the gravity of it. Um, and I, I don't know. You just, nameless, faceless, mascotless, whatever you want to say. Anytime a team gets embarrassed like the Bengals did, they typically a good a good team. You know, yeah. if you're if you're a bad team and you're just getting dropped like that all the time, that's one thing. But if you're a decent to good team and you get embarrassed like you did against the Titans, they typically come out with a little bit of uh, fire the following week. So yeah, I'm pretty confident that that we're not going to see another leg be another leg, another egg be laid out <laughs> in Arizona. Eh. I think you're probably right, and it's just so hard because, yeah, if it was the pa- a couple past years Bengals, I would say you're absolutely right. It's just it's hard to take anything for granted with this current version of the Bengals, right? And it's you're you're absolutely correct. Roster to roster, this Cardinals team does not stack up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just don't. They have Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback. They they have their defense is almost entirely anonymous unless you're an absolute NFL degenerate and know every <laughs> NFL player. There's, there's just not a lot of guys that I'm guessing the average fan knows, but then you look at it and you see Josh jobs is eighth in the NFL on QBR. Like he's, yeah. he's playing pretty well. You know, the Cardinals are one in three, but they've been in at least relatively in every game. Yeah. Um, they beat the Dallas Cowboys in week three. They, they were not that good against the Niners last week, but it was a, it wasn't an absolute blowout. This is a team that's like that's playing hard. Um, and, and I think entering the year, I don't think the Cardinals thought, oh, we're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. And I don't think they think that now. I, I do think that they probably give themselves a better chance in some of these games uh, than they did entering week one. They see a Joe, injured Joe Burrow coming to town and a Bengals team that can't get anything going. I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily going to be afraid of this Bengals team. I think they're going to think that they have a chance in this game. And, and, yeah. I, and I, and I think they do, I, I will get into our predictions in a little bit, but it's, it's just tough to see how, how the Bengals could go and blow out a team at this point. That's what you'd like to see is to yeah. see them go to Arizona, put up like a, you know, 31 to seven win, like they've done in, in past seasons and say, we're back. It's hard to see that happening at this point. It, the only way I could see that happening is if, they get a couple big defense, like get a defensive score, get a special team score, mm. something like that. Otherwise, even a defense like this, where you know Kevin Strong, Lecky, Fotu, 
I've barely heard of these people and <laughs> I write about the NFL for a living. I, I still don't see how the Bengals can put up a bunch of points against this defense because they just haven't shown it. They have not shown the ability to, to put up points on a consistent basis. So I, I think this is going to be another grind them out game. And I know we've yeah. been saying that we've been saying that every week and it, and, and sometimes the games turn out like that and other times they don't more often than not, it's been the other team grinding out points and the Bengals grinding out absolutely nothing. I, I do think this will be another back and forth game, um, which is not what I would have thought coming into the season. But I, I think it'll be closer than than, pe- than people might think. Just if you see Cardinals Bengals entering the season, I, I think it'll be a close game. Now, if it is back and forth, it's going to be interesting to see if if the Cardinals take the lead early. What what this team yeah. looks like if if there's I'm not I'm not I don't expect them to quit, but if, if they fall behind and then stay behind for a while, that's that's not going to be a good sign. I, I think it's going to get to go the other way. I think the Bengals will get a lead mm-hmm. uh, and maybe then it goes back and forth between a two score lead and a one score lead. And, and they, they figure out a way to finish them off. Um, they, they, they better hope. I mean, this game started Sunday night, the Bengals opened as five point favorites and it's, it's yeah. down to three now. Uh, so yeah. I think there's a lot of people even outside the Bengals fandom that are not trusting these Bengals right now. And you're right, Arizona, if they could win this game and say, oh, we're two and three when everybody's talking about us having the number one overall pick and, yeah. hey, right around the corner, we get Kyler Murray back. And, I mean, yeah. And having beaten the Bengals and the Cowboys, I mean, that would yeah, be pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think this is going to be a tougher game than, than some people think. But I just think with everything that's on the line, it, I mean, the Bengals would be 4-0 if I was right every week. So, yeah, same. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's just the way it's gone. And I, I do, I, I, I would say my confidence level is pretty high that they're, I don't not, I'm not going to say they're going to get things figured out, but they're going to mm-hmm. get a win. They're going to get out of Arizona with their season still intact. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would think, I would think that they will too. And we'll, we'll talk about our predictions in a minute. I think you and I both still have confidence in this Bengals team, right? I don't think either one of us are, are saying this season is over right now. You know, well, we're going to have our company-wide power rankings come out uh, by the time that this episode is posted. I think you have the Bengals at 19th and I have them at 18th. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a lot lower than we had them entering the season, right? But I think we're the highest too. I, I think we are. That's what I was going to say. I think we are the highest on this yeah. team. I think maybe <laughs> around, around the league, around the NFL, maybe the confidence is starting to wane. But th- this – this is the season on Sunday. I mean, I don't think it's too I don't think it's too too much to say that that this is the season. And if they lose this game, I, I think it's going to be impossible to come back. There is too many other good teams in this division, too many other good teams in this conference. You know, I think the Bengals have actually gotten lucky in the division so far. We talked that the Bengals are, are sixth worst in EPA per play on offense. Mm. Cleveland is worse, and Pittsburgh is worse than them. So they've, you know, the only, the only problem is that both of their defenses are, are playing pretty well this season, whereas the Bengals is not has not been that efficient. I think if they can win this game, I think they put themselves right back in the AFC North conversation. Um, if they don't, Sky is falling. Sky has come crashing down. Sky is, you know, not there anymore. <laughs> that's that's the end of that's the end of it. Um, I mean, if they go to Arizona and lose, it's going to take a miracle to, to save the season because you're ta- okay. Yeah. You got- Three and one Seattle, and then you yep. got four and no San Francisco, and then you got three and one Buffalo, who looks yeah. incredible ever since that Monday night loss. I mean, they they tripped and fell through the what was supposed to be the easiest part of the schedule, and, yes. and now it gets real. 
And even after those games, you got Houston and Houston's playing way better than anybody thought that looked like that yeah. was going to be a gimme win when the schedule came out. So you're right. This is it. This, if, if they go to one and four and then you're facing that murderer's row after this, it could get ugly fast. And that's the thing, right? If they win, I think they, they've saved the season for now, mm-hmm. but they have by no means is the season saved, you know, period. Because right. there are just so many games, so many difficult games coming up on the schedule. So it it will stop the burning. It'll 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 make us feel good for a day or two. But then, you know, the schedule coming up is very daunting. So I, I don't want to be, be, be totally negative here, but there are a lot more questions than there are a lot more questions than answers. That, that's yeah. what I'll say. There are a lot more questions than answers. I think there's a lot of a lot of blame to go around and a lot of explanations you can use for why the Bengals are playing why they are, but it's just the reality of the situation that they'll have to face on Sunday. Um, you want to get into our bets for the week and get into our predictions? Let's talk about what we think is going to happen this week. Um, every week, Jay and I and our PFN betting director, Brian Lewis, put in two bets. Um, one is related to the Bengals game, and one is about a different game happening this week. Uh, Jay, you want to recap where we are standing so far? Yeah, Brian's on a heater. Um, he's, he's a betting director. He should. Well, I know be. he should he's, be. He's that, that is the case. Um, but he won both of his one his games last week. Uh, he had Jaguars minus three and a half, and and they took care of things in Atlanta or uh, in London against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he had the Cowboys at minus six and a half, which they they steamrolled in uh, the Patriots. So uh, he's now at plus twenty on the season. Um, really really cruising started off a little shaky and but like i said he's on a bit of a heater now yeah. um you and i both went one and one again so you're you're still at even money i'm still at minus 30 uh i had Mixon over 53 and a half rushing yards he it, it looked like he was a lock to get that and it, yeah. it was late it was on that that final drive uh in the fourth quarter when he finally got it um and then I, I did a, uh, a teaser with the Packers plus seven and a half Cardinals plus 20 and the Packers just got their doors blown off Thursday night. So I lost that. You went Bengals minus two and a half. You lost that. Uh, but you had Rams minus one and they pulled that out in overtime. So, um, yeah, Brian leads. You're in second. I'm in third. I'm not going to panic yet. I'm not going to go no, still parlays or anything like that. Um, I am kind of like the Bengals. If I go 0-2 yeah. this week, then maybe my season's over. over. Yeah. <laughs> um, it very well could be. I'm going to tip my hand a little bit with the predictions, but I, I think I already did. I'm, I'm going Bengals minus three. Uh, I, I looked it up. The The last 16 road games when they've been favorites of three points or more, they're 12-4 and four against the spread and 12-4 and four straight up. So, um, and, and the four losses have all been recently. Uh, it was the Halloween loss to the Jets in 2021, the Halloween loss to the Jet, to the Browns last year, um, the uh, the uh, Dallas game last year on the road in Week Two, and of course last week against the Titans. Um, so still, I mean, if if they're on the road as a three point favorite, they usually take care of business. I expect them to take care of business against the Cardinals. My other one, um, I think this is a uh, the first time we've seen this. I as have the Jaguars ever played back-to-back games in London? I don't think so. I think this is I the first think that's time. That's a huge advantage for them to just yeah. stay over there all week. And Definitely. and plus, I just Dolphins are coming off a big win. They might be feeling themselves a little bit. I think the Jaguars are better than what they've shown. They're getting five and a half points. Uh, they're they're just more comfortable in London, period, because they play over there more than anybody else. And now this fact that they're doing it in back to back weeks, um, I really really like that pick. I think the Jaguars they may they may even win outright, but I'm definitely going to roll with the points with five and a half. 
No, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting to see them play to get two back to back games in London. That you're right. That is a huge advantage. I think that I wonder if they'll consider how big of an advantage that is going forward. Um, my bet for the Bengals game, I'm going with the under. The last I saw, the under yeah. was set at 44.5. I. <laughs> I just don't have a lot of faith in this offense. I think we covered that at length during this podcast. I I do have questions. And the Cardinals have been decent at getting pressure this year, too. So I, I think if they start to get after Burrow, I, I, I think the score will could stay relatively low on the Bengals side. And then we kind of discussed it. I think the Bengals on defense will get back to what we've expected against this Cardinals team. The Cardinals have been surprising on offense. They're still playing hard. They've made some big plays. Yeah, I think they're pretty sound on offense is what I'll say. They're, they're a very soundly coached unit. But but I just think talent-wise, the Bengals have so much more talent on defense. I think this Bengals defensive line versus the Cardinals offensive line is a huge mismatch. Um, I, I just see both teams kind of struggling to get points on the board. And I, I've taken that under, under 44.5. Um, I had a little trouble with my non-Bengals bet. I wasn't exactly sure what to do. You mentioned Houston earlier. I almost took them. They're, they're getting 1.5 points at atlanta um i haven't been impressed by desmond ritter i'm sorry uc fans but he's just doesn't look mm-hmm. like the guy for me and whereas tj stroud definitely looks like the guy so far um but i'm gonna go a different direction i'm actually gonna go chiefs minus five and a half at the vikings um i just i think the chiefs have not exactly gotten it going yet i think this could be a game where they do the vikings We'll be curious to see if they keep up this insane blitz rate they've had through the first okay. month of the season. I don't think that's going to work against Patrick Mahomes. I'd, I'd like to see them try. I think the Vikings on offense are very, very uh, underrated still. I still think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I could see this being something of a shootout, but I think the Chiefs are at least a touchdown better than the Vikings. So I will take them minus 5.5. All right, I know all the degenerates out there, and now their ears are going to perk up because I said Brian's on a heater, so everybody wants yep. to know who what Brian's yes. picks are this week. What does the and expert just, have to say? This is just uh, kind of what you would expect from a betting director because you mentioned the Atlanta, the Atlanta Houston game, and it's only uh, when I looked, it was only a one point spread, um, and and Brian's taking the money line on that game it, just yeah. to get a little bit extra in the juice. It's minus one hundred five instead of minus one ten, and taking the yep. point. Um, so he's, he's kind of same thought process process as you. And then, uh, he, he's going under 40 and a half. That's a low number, but he's going under 40 and a half on saints Patriots. And I think that's a, oh, a I good could see that as well. Cause <laughs> either one that. of those offenses yeah. are doing much. Oh my God. And two, and two elite defenses too. Right. Mm-hmm. Two, so yeah, I think that's a perfect combination. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into our Bengals predictions. I think we've kind of tipped our hand here. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Like I said, I, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I don't feel good about it. I really don't. I, I pick them every week. They've disappointed me. They've cost me money. I'm going to go Bengals 20, Cardinals 17. Low-scoring game. I can see McPherson hitting a field goal at the gun to win it. I just don't see a lot of explosive plays. I just see the both defenses kind of keeping the offenses in check and it being a back-and-forth game that the Bengals can hopefully pull out at the end. Would I be surprised if it's Cardinals 20, Bengals 17? No, I would not, but I'm going to go the other way yeah i'm low scoring with you too i liked your under pick in this game I, I i've got a little bit different uh, i'm 23 17 
Yeah, I just I, I think they'll get a two score lead and then kind of rubber band back and forth where the, the Cardinals get to within a score and then the Bengals. I think it's gonna be really low scoring. I, maybe yeah. that should have been my other bet is take the under in the first half because yeah. I, I could see this looking like that Titans game where it's maybe three three midway through the second quarter and I don't think you're gonna see another twenty one point explosion in, in four and a half minutes or whatever that yeah. was. So um, I, I'm right there with you. Just a, an extra field goal for the Bengals and and they pull it out twenty three seventeen. Go to 13 and four on the road as a three point favorite or more. Love it. We will see if that happens. I mean, this is, there's a lot on the line this Sunday. There's a lot on the line for a lot of people and we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. One more thing before we go, Jay, you're going to be seeing your number one band. Yes. Summer in Cincinnati, Foo Fighters, Jay Morrison. We love that combination. It's happening again. I'm sorry if I've been a little wiggly in this, but my uh, wallet is on fire right now after dropping <laughs> close to $3,000 on Foo Fighter pit tickets, but uh, so fired up. I, when I logged on to Ticketmaster this morning, said I was number 2,040 in line. I'm like, well, what the? I'm not going to get anything. But I think I think a lot of people logged on to try to buy the tickets, but they didn't have the passcode the, for the for the presale, and they had to throw their tickets back. I was stunned to be that far back, still get pit tickets, uh, so... So really, really fired up to be to be going and seeing yeah. them um, at at the Red Stadium. Uh, it's actually Brilliant. concert's actually on my wife's birthday, um, and perfect. Most likely, if if it, if it follows this year's schedule, it'll be the second day of Bengals camp. If it follows the traditional schedule, it'll be the first day of Bengals training camp. So uh, hopefully, Joe Burrow doesn't go down with an injury or something <laughs> crazy happens this time on on an early practice in in training camp. Uh, but yeah, super fired up. We, we've seen the Foo Fighters a lot. Can't wait to see them again. And I know I wanted to ask you because you you went to a concert this weekend, and I, I want to know if the encore song was what could be a theme song for the Bengals currently. It was not. Uh, ah. So I saw Three Dog Night this weekend. Uh, yes, Three Dog Night. All, one of their members is, is still in the band. So it's really more <laughs> like One Dog Night. He's 80 years old. Uh, still hit all the high notes. They sounded great. I think me and my wife were the only people under the age of 40 at the entire show. Um, but it, it was a, it was a great show. The encore song was uh, Joy to the World. So uh, okay. it, was, it was not Celebrate. They actually kind of did the thing oh. where they came out for the encore they kind of held us hostage with one of their uh, new songs from their new album, uh, which was, uh, you know, as you can imagine, then they brought out the the joy to the world to kind of complete the show. So it was a good show, but uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, we, we were definitely the youngest people there. I would say by far. <laughs> see, see, I was <laughs> thinking like, the encore might've been one is the loneliest number. Cause oh, that's where okay. the Bengals fans one win is a very lonely. See, number. I thought you were thinking celebrate, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that's going to be it for today. Thanks again for joining us. If you're listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and give us a review. That'll really help us out. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe, come read all of Jay's stuff on pro football network on the Bengals. Great coverage every single day. Uh, general NFL coverage, fantasy, college betting, everything you could want at pro football network. We will be back next Tuesday. If it's a win Bengals season still has life. If it's not, We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's going to be wear black. It's going to be. Yeah, it will be. It'll be a morning for sure. It'll be a funeral like atmosphere. Uh, make sure you join us next week. Thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you next week.